be destroyed on site. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on site. We're back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Site, episode 230. And I'm your host, Lee, not just any dune buggy, Russell. And I'm joined by my co-hosts. First off, we have Lee. I'll arm wrestle you for it, Hardy. How you doing, man? <laughs> and I will win. <laughs> Most likely. Me and my, yeah. my four and 11 inches, four feet and 11 inches. Totally got- win. You've, you've got a good center of gravity is, is what it is. So <laughs> tiny arms. I always, I was, I always heard them say that to about short people and like pro wrestling. It's like this, this fucking short guy has no chance against like Hulk Hogan. Well, he's got a good center of gravity. He's very, you know, <laughs> it's always true. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by Paul. We're already mad. Ramali. How you doing, sir? Good, good. Glad to be here. I'm yeah. Do some uh, hot dogs and, and beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have some questions about that to the scene, too, by the way, once we get to it. But uh, we are doing a Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill film, uh, one of the many ones they did. And we'll get into that once we get into some of the background here. But we are doing Watch Out, We're Mad from 1974. Uh, but before we get to that, we got a little bit of house cleaning to do. So uh, first off, we have an iTunes review. And what? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, it actually came last month. J.D. Woodstock via Apple Podcasts said, good times. And then his comment is, nice stuff, guys. Keep it up. And gave us five stars. So there you go. Thank you. Uh, thank yeah. you. 
<laughs> and I mean, you know, you guys listen out there. If you want to uh, give us a five star review on iTunes, we're not going to tell you no. We're Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck you call it now. It does help people find our podcast easier the more five star reviews we get. So if you want to do that, please do. And just let us know. Go to the Facebook thing. And, you know, if you're not part of the group, join the fucking group. Go in there, tell us, you know. We made a review on iTunes and also tell me what country you're from because you have to change the fucking region in iTunes just to find the reviews. So if you're like from Great Britain, as this person was, you actually have to change to Great Britain on the region code just to read the fucking reviews, which is the stupidest thing ever. But whatever. Moving on, although it's been a week or so since it's been out now, I made a recent appearance on the Mustachioed Podcastio, hosted by my friend Daniel Segura, who does movies about, or well, not about, but featuring people with great mustaches. And uh, we did Franco Nero in Street Law, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I think you should listen to it because you might enjoy it. So there you go. <laughs> uh moving on we'll just talk about what we've uh watched or purchased in the last little while um i'll throw over to you first lady lee any anything new um yeah so there's i've watched a ton of movies in the last couple weeks but the two that i want to bring up one of them uh is called chick fight and it recently came out mm-hmm. the only thing i want to say about that movie is the fact that during this movie when the girls fight, they don't have their hair tied back. <laughs> Do you know how much that bugs me? <laughs> like, this movie's about, I don't know, it kind of bugged me. Like, the whole movie kind of bugged me because they're talking about, like, being tough and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did was try to train the girl's head. You can't train someone's head. Like, once people have head injuries, they have head injuries. They don't just magically go away and make them tougher. Like, you can't callous your brain. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... And then, yeah, they didn't tie the hair back. That really bugged me. So I started my class intro to film class uh Mm -hmm. for my summer course and uh so every week we have to watch a movie and this week the movie that i had to watch was uh no man land Mm -hmm. right it was really interesting i didn't under like i didn't even know this existed in general so it was kind of new knowledge to me it was the first time i've ever watched a movie where i really watched a movie where i had to Mm -hmm. watch for like certain things that i'm looking for so i thought it was kind of cool like i was recognizing the camera angles and the music that was playing and like the shots that were taken so um i thought that was interesting to kind of like see it from a different perspective instead of just like seeing the movie i was like watching it and analyzing it more well, so than I'm, I do now. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I have and I have a question for you here. So since you watched this movie, and uh, I'll just ask you this. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, you're learning. You're you're moving your way up. Soon you will be a film guru. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see, like, as this course goes on, what I take from it. I might just become a snob, and you might hate me. So. Oh, we're all we're all fucking snobs on this show, anyway. So it's fun. <laughs> I mean, I've been told that, so you know, uh, it's, it's, it's good. Um, Paul, what have you been watching or and or purchasing lately? Uh, anything interesting? Well, as a callous, cynical snob that hates you all, anyway, uh, not too much. <laughs> I uh, 
I did just purchase four films. Two of the films are related with Laura Gensimer. Oh, yeah. And two of the films are related with Horse Penis. They're the Emmanuel films. I, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. You're close. Yeah, and the, the first one I got was a 1968 film called The Green Slime. Oh yeah, I know that one. Absolutely fantastic. And actually the uh there's a there's an actor in it who plays in Mako Jaws of Death I really liked. He had a very William Shatner vibe to him. Yeah. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Then I got Dracula's Widow with Laura Gensimer in it. Hmm. Then I have, as you mentioned already, Emmanuel in America, which yeah. is with the infamous barn scene, which is very interesting. And then I had something which uh, I'm going to add um, technically because of the way it I've seen it anyway, I'm going to add it to my werewolf collection because it is a beast of some kind, but it's mm. the French film from 1975. Oh, the best day, oh the beast. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I have that on a DVD Blu-ray combo now. So I have that. Um, I didn't get all of them in yet, but I have some of them. So I'm very excited to sit down and watch them on my house for the first time. Most of them I've only just seen on uh, on the internets. The green the green slime has a fucking uh, awesome theme song to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's got its own theme song too. So mm-hmm. I, just, <laughs> I watched the trailer as soon as I saw this. I'm like, I have to get this immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the film that I watched that I actually sat down recently and watched because I I purchased this also recently was Evil Tunes with mm-hmm. David Carradine. And uh, I'll tell you what, just watching well one all, all the 80s random breasticles and and creepy sex uh, <laughs> cartoon you know rapey goodness is all is just fun and just the big tongues and everything like that. That's comic. 80s joyous goodness boobies and with michelle uh bauer and it was just really quick but it's yeah Friday. she's <laughs> it's oh yeah she's, it's um it's what dick miller and dick miller and that's what i was gonna say the just the joy of watching dick miller just being dick miller is amazing mm-hmm. i love the fact that he's watching buckets of blood and he goes i wonder why this guy never won an oscar you yeah know? <laughs> um, i love it when laura gensmer came out but and she said but it's friday and whips out her tits and he's like you there's a michelle friday ba- every week you mean michelle bauer <laughs> michelle bauer rather and uh and then she just gets she gets she gets frustrated and turns and goes back in the bedroom then you hear the two-stroke motor fire up and he's mm. like you're gonna hurt yourself with that thing <laughs> i was like oh dick miller i love you so much oh. uh, i just love that oh by the way i just like to mention too that dr roush just had a birthday here two days ago i oh, do believe he? and now he's 88 so there you oh, go shit. So happy birthday our, 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 our mascot <laughs> yep there's a right mascot there. mm-hmm. very nice <laughs> Ricky. But no, that's uh, that's what I've been watching and enjoying and purchased so far. So I am looking forward to diving into those films as well. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Evil Tunes. Did that come after Roger Rabbit or was it before? 88 or 89, I think, for Evil Tunes. Oh, so I think that's after Roger Rabbit. It's after. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they're like, you know, you got Roger Rabbit interacting with real people. Well, have a cartoon demon uh, uh, sexually assault women and uh, possess people. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, and honestly, if I, if, when I look at it, I go, you know, that's just Tasmanian devil, right? So how did yeah, you know, he is for that? It he is totally like the Tasmanian devil. He totally is a Tasmanian <laughs> devil. He even does like all Tasmanian devil shit pretty much like, you know, 
I think he I think he eats out a chick at one point with his yeah, <laughs> fucking cartoon was, tongue. Well, that was the whole thing. The whole thing was like, wow, how does he get his tongue in there? <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just so funnily written and just and it actually has a really cool uh, uh, quote right at the beginning of the from um, Olin Ray. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, cool. Look at you. That's awesome. Yeah, right. But it's on. just that cheap eightiness fun mm-hmm. where you know everyone's having a stupid fun time doing it and it's just there for enjoyment oh yeah no it, it's just like um nightmare sisters and uh, mm-hmm. uh sorority babes and the slime bowlorama that kind of Love vibe. That. yeah yeah hollywood chainsaw hookers mm-hmm. yep yep just stupid uh, fun we're gonna have to do some of those films for uh, at the very least for some um i own all of them yeah we're gonna have to do some intermission episodes on, on some of those i think at some point okay i'll just have two things uh, that i watched uh, recently uh first one is farewell friend also known um i think honor among thieves or something like that from 1968 it's got uh, charles bronson and uh alan Delon. Uh, this is like Charles Bronson's first breakthrough role in Europe made him just a fucking megastar in Europe. Like his career had kind of petered out and he was like in his late forties at this point, he just hit it big here. And that got him like the spaghetti Westerns and stuff that he ended up doing over there. Yeah. This like made him a big megastar and it's basically a heist film where they're, uh, these two guys from the French foreign legion. And, um, I don't know if you guys are aware of how the French foreign legion works. It's like, it's basically, uh, if you're a criminal, you join the French foreign legion and then you get your record expunged after you've done your service. Basically. Uh, I don't know if they still do that, but that's, that used to be the rule. So they get out of the French foreign legion and, uh, they get into a heist together. Basically they're, they're sort of like, they don't like each other. And Charles Bronson is just like a total dick in this film. He keeps uh, intruding on Alan Delon's life basically. And uh, they're tasked with like breaking into this vault over the Christmas holidays. And, and the whole thing is like, you know, they got a couple days to like get into this vault once they sneak into the building or whatever, uh, undisturbed. And anyway, the heist goes wrong and they have to escape. And uh, there's all kinds of good stuff going on in it. It's, it's really, really well done. The other one I'll mention is Sitting Target from 1972. And this is an Oliver Reed film. And he's basically just just career criminal. He's doing his latest stint in jail and he's just a total sociopath. He's totally fine with being in jail because he knows when he gets out, his wife's going to be waiting for him. But she shows up one day and talks to him and says, basically, I'm leaving you for another man. And so just right on that day, he's like, okay, I got to break out of jail and kill her and this dude. <laughs> he's not the most likable guy in the, <laughs> I'll, I'll give, I'll put it that way, but uh, you can't stop watching him. And also his sidekick is uh, Ian McShane as just this psychopathic little prick. Who's like even worse than him. So it kind of makes Oliver Reed the protagonist by default and a bit more likable, uh, even though he's still a total piece of shit. And it's just, it's just about him breaking out of jail and then hunting down his ex-wife to kill her. And there's a bit of a twist at the end. And it's really, really fucking good. Uh, this one's going to be on my best of list at the end of the year, for sure. It's going to so. be one I'm definitely going to have to track down since I really like Oliver Reed films. And I can mm-hmm. totally understand the premise of the film now that I have an ex-wife. But anyway. <laughs> uh, my dad actually met Oliver Reed. Oh my god. That's Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was on the set of Tommy actually. Oh really? Mhm. Yeah, he met he was with uh Oliver Reed and Keith Moon at the bar when he met them. 
Yeah. So. Oh my god. I thought that was just cool just to say. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh my dad was talking about how uh well he was telling Oliver Reed how he enjoyed him in uh The Devils. Mhm. Yeah. So, I thought that was just a cool. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I I'm surprised your dad survived because I mean, so Oliver oh, yeah. Reed and Keith Moon, two notorious alcoholics and hellraisers. They were saints. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. I can't remember what my dad said, but they said they offered him a drink and it was pretty much just like hard liquor in like a a, a pint glass. Mm-hmm. I can't get remember Peter exactly. Tool there too. It'd be amazing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But, um, but he yeah, met, no. He met a lot the, of people that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was kind of. Oliver Reed's modus operandi, though, like even on films, like there are stories of him like filming all day and just throwing back bottles of wine while he's filming. You know, basically by halfway through the day, he uh, there there was directors saying like, you know, he was great up until about noon, and then he was <laughs> drunk off his ass after that, and it was it was just impossible. But you know, yeah. Well, good thing Tommy he had to act like a drunk, so yeah. <laughs> He wasn't acting. Perfect. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Natural. I mean, have he we, went, Have we done the uh, Mr. Russell's The Devils? We have not. We should. No, no we talked we about should. it. Mm. And I were talking about I it. Because I have that too. Yeah. Yeah. I should. would like to watch that again. I believe it that's is definitely on... not as crazy as I thought it would be that I actually watched it, but there's, it's still enjoyable. There's a lot of different cuts of it too, and apparently there's still like missing footage from that film that have just has never been found. And it's um, banned in certain countries, or mm-hmm. yeah, certain parts of countries, certain countries. Pretty I much, remember. pretty much any any Catholic-dominated country, I, I assume. Because <laughs> when my dad saw it, he saw it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. So he saw it in the seven in the seventies, yeah, 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 yeah. He so he saw it like fresh when it came out. Uh, I think he saw it in theaters actually. Ooh. So he saw like the original cut, and I think he told me like it's either hard to find or it's hard to find the original. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we should do the. De- I think the Devils is actually probably on our list, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, it's Ken Russell. We should end up talking about altered states and also uh, do. Uh, layer of the white worm as well at some point i think that's a fun one all right so we're gonna take a break uh we're gonna play a little bit of music from the film and we're gonna come back and talk about watch out we're mad you ungodly warlock Motion picture massacre is dedicated to exploitation cult grindhouse and horror films from the last 7500 fucking years i don't fucking know it's everything you're interested in that, check out motionpicturemasker.com or if you're on iTunes, search Motion Picture Massacre and you'll find it. This has been your announcer, Cowardly Fuck Your Bags, signing off. Eat a dick. You ungodly warlock.
right, we're back, and it is time to talk about Watch Out, We're Mad from 1974. Uh, this is directed by Marcelo Fondato, who is more of a writer than a director. I'm scanning his career here. Uh, he wrote on Mario Bava's Black Sabbath from 63, Blood and Black Lace from 64, and he also had a part in the uh, classic heist film, from 1967, Grand Slam, which is really, really good. This is written by Vincente Celio, uh, G- Jesus R. Fulgar, and, of course, uh, Marcelo Fondado actually wrote on this as well, and Francesco uh, Scardamagilia. Wow. Scardamagilia. I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it that time. (laughs) So this is starring uh, Terrence Hill as Kid. And uh, this is actually Mario Giorotti, his real name. But uh, Terrence Hill was his sort of stage name from about the late 60s onward. He made his first film at the age of 12, which was Vacation with a Gangster from 1952, uh, also known as Holiday for Gangsters. And... He's just had an ongoing, prolific film career. He's still alive today. He's uh, still making movies. But he is most famous for pairing up with the next gentleman here, Bud Spencer, as Ben. Uh, This is Carlo Pedersoli, who died in 2016. But he is the first Italian to swim the 100-meter freestyle in less than a minute. He actually went to, uh, I think, like swimming camp or something with Terrence Hill as a kid. But they didn't know each other at that time. They just kind of coincidentally their lives kind of intersected several times before they even started making films together. He competed as a swimmer on the Italian national team uh, in the Olympic Summer Games in Helsinki and Finland and in Melbourne, Australia. And he was also an Olympic class water polo player. So I think explains how agile he is for a big man. He's sort of got that athletes stamina and cardio and stuff going on these two gentlemen uh we won't get too deep into their filmography or or anything like that but they worked together on 18 different films the very first time they appeared together they still didn't really know each other was in 1959's hannibal and they went on to uh, star in a bunch of classic films where it was actually billed as these two together as a team And their last film they did together was 1994's Troublemakers. Moving on, we have Patty Shepard as Eliza. And I recognized her, immediately recognized her. She is in uh, The Werewolf versus the Vampire uh, Woman, which I I know Paul is familiar with, uh, one of the uh, Paul Nashy films. My um, favorite Paul Nashie film. Uh, she's also in The Witch's Mountain, and she had some later uh, period uh, horror films as well, like Slugs and Edge of the Axe in the 80s. Slugs from 1988 is a must-watch. Mm-hmm. Slugs is pretty good. I like that film. We have Dio Gratis Huerta as Attila. John Sharp as the boss. I recognized him from The Wicker Man. He's in that from 1973. He's, he's actually a pretty prolific English actor who I guess was just taking a paycheck here, but he walks away from the film several times. Manuel de Blas as Paganini, uh, the hitman in this film. Only thing I recognized, uh, credits here, Ghost Galleon. He was in the Ghost Galleon, apparently. Uh, I have to rewatch that now and find him, but uh, he's still... One of the best of the blind dead ones ever. Oh, yeah, just the best one. The best one, if you like seeing a, a fucking toy boat in a bathtub. Uh, I did get a, a serious giggle that the actor named Panic, uh, Paganini couldn't play a violin. 
yeah that that is a that is a great joke like there's there's so many fucking good jokes in this film we have uh louis barbero as uh jeremiah's uh we have donald pleasance just out of nowhere showing up in this as the doctor i don't think we have to tell anybody who donald pleasance is and then we have emilio laguna as the conductor and we have a synopsis here on imdb after a tied first place in a local stunt race, two drivers start a contest to decide who of them will win the prize, a dune buggy. But when a mobster destroys a car, they are determined to get it back. There's really no plot to this film. Like, there really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> there, a lot of stuff happens. Like, I think this is the most stuff I've seen happen in a film that has no plot at all. We'll get into it here. So, Paul, what were your thoughts on this? Oh, it was just... Uh excited to watch a bud spencer film you know just a lot of fisticuffs basically i knew it was mm-hmm. coming um it wasn't a se- there was no serious tone to the home film no and uh, it is a buddy off mixed buddy slapstick comedy mm-hmm. and that's and uh, and in the more i watched it the more i'm like oh yeah this is this is they're not even trying to be serious here but at no. the same time <laughs> It's really overly atop, well orchestrated with everything that's happening. Like it's it's fantastic what's happening. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's one of those kind of deals. And yeah. like they make sure <laughs> they go overboard with the guy that keeps on wanting to get up and get punched. He's like, not again, not again. Not again. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And they really uh, throw Bud Spencer over the epic side with how strong he is and everything he can do. And he just, it's just, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's generally enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. Lady Lee. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was, like you said, the movie had no real plot to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just kind of one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, this this story could literally be told in about five minutes, but let's let's make it as dragged out with everything as we can as possible, which was actually a lot of fun. Like, I'm yeah. not complaining. My biggest complaints with a lot of older movies is that when they have scenes, they always make them too long. This one I found, it was kind of nice. Like, I didn't find them too long. Mm-hmm. I found the actual action very entertaining to watch and it wasn't overboard, drawn out. Uh, and I do enjoy like the over exaggeration like the beginning with the the car race that track was not that big there could not have been that many vehicles and there just kept being more and more vehicles and I just I had such a laugh at that I thought that was and hilarious more, more and more intricate and then it goes through rivers and swamps mm-hmm. and up yeah up. yeah and by the and way just- Terrence Hill's car did not make it over that creek no it did not it obviously did not it was just just so much fun to watch same with like the fight scenes they were just so ridiculous and so over the top and like really fake like some of the things they did you can obviously tell wouldn't hurt somebody but visually mm-hmm. like they look so appealing and i i enjoyed that i enjoyed the strength of uh spencer is spencer mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and then spencer, yeah. yeah and then i uh, the, the agility of the terrence other guy, kid terrence hill yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he was just, you could tell he was just having fun doing this movie. Like, it was just this goofy, like, whatever. And you could also tell a lot of times with the movie, it was, like, a lot of one-shots for, like, the action scenes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, like, the whole, like, stop on the action, try a different angle. It was, like, one take. Like, let's just do this. Like, let's, you go drive this car, and we're going to record you. You're going to have this fight. We're going to record you. And it's just, I don't know. I thought it was really entertaining. It really, for it really, a movie with no plot. <laughs> yeah. And it, re- it really helps in a lot of those scenes. Because they're going big, they're going, like, cartoon violence, basically, in this film. You can speed the film 
film up and and it still works like it works better that you speed the speed the film up in those scenes and it makes it doing it in one take much easier because they're going like slow when they're doing some of those fisticuffs when they're actually filming it now that the the speed of the film is cranked up it looks like they're like you know laying in punches and doing all these fantastic fucking stunts and stuff when really oh no they're, they're kind of like casually going through some of these sequences you know that they yeah. practiced you know but it's so um, fun to watch mm-hmm. no I, I i love this film there's always something happening it, which mm-hmm. is which is good like you know it's basically one big set piece to another either have a fight or a race or a chase or something stupid going on there's pretty much always a joke or a visual gag like almost every 30 seconds uh whether whether it's just like bud spencer and terrence hill like uh sort of verbally jabbing at each other or complaining about something stupid while there's like a bar being destroyed behind them you know and they're just kind of ignoring it it's just a a really good sense of humor throughout the whole thing uh you're right about that opening race it's like mad max level stunt work in in that race and these cars are just flipping and being destroyed everywhere they must have went through 20 cars or something when they when they did that fucking thing and the stunt work in general is pretty impressive like it's not mm-hmm. as if they have the safeties they have now yeah those car stunts were not the easiest things to do yeah they couldn't make that film today it wouldn't be allowed Mm-mm. yeah yeah same with like the dirt bikes it was it was cool I liked it. <laughs> I, was so, I was so happy when... Uh, well, I actually mentioned the dirt bike scene. There is a scene in there where I think it got... Something got cut or it got put in the wrong spot before mm. with uh, the guy was talking on the radio, but before you see him put a fork in the one henchman's hand. Ah! Mm. And it goes back to that scene where all of a sudden Donald Pleasant just goes, ow, and lifts his hand up. And you can see he's got a cut or something on his hand. And then it goes right back to the regular film where that scene just does not seem like it is put in correctly because like, <laughs> it, it just like it just uh, happens and donald pleasance is great in this random. film oh and, fucking and, oh my god and just not the not fact it. that the the, the 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 main nemesis has to hire a professor to make sure he's more evil is just a joke on itself and it's just fantastic yeah so like the the main bad guy in this is this uh british gangster who has this exaggerated british accent basically like i, I guess it's I, I don't know if they did this on purpose with the dubbing but he's He's very, very British in his in his in his tubbing, like it, it's excessively so. And Donald Pleasance is basically his evil Nazi psychiatrist who is instructing him to be a better bad guy. Uh, is basically what it is, and he he's using psychology to do it. Now I, uh, <laughs> he's saying he's using psychology, but I don't know what psychology they were using. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just laughing because he's like psychology, psychology. Okay, well, he's, well, he's, <laughs> and so I'm I'm pretty sure I'm sure I'm pretty sure Pleasant's dubbed his own lines here, and he's just doing a really bad German accent, and and he's like, you know, you as a father figure. And you must treat them like your sons and <laughs> take away the dude buggy. They will submit to you, basically. Like, he, he he's giving them, like, all the worst advice because uh, Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer are just the chillest dudes in the world, really. Nothing really phases them all that much other than the fact that they got ripped off of their dune buggy and they want it back. So they're, like, really casual about it. Like, they, they come up to the gangster's restaurant that he owns and they come in dressed up and everything. <sighs> And they're nice about it. They're like, listen, the gangsters. Oh, yeah. So it's a little pretense here. The gangsters 
like uh, attacked this carnival that they're next to, basically, and like ran a bunch of people out just because they're dicks. But Spencer and Terrence Hill don't really care about that. Like that's like inconsequential to the plot. They're not like trying to save the day. They just they're just like we want our dune buggy back because your thugs destroyed our dune buggy when we were trying to leave when you attacked. And so they're like, listen, give us back the dune buggy and everything's cool. You just just build us a new dune buggy, buy us a new dune buggy, whatever. We're cool. And if you don't, well, then we're going to get mad. And the gangster's like, well, fuck you. I'll, I'll, I'll come after you. And that's like exactly the wrong move. Um, I enjoyed the, how there was absolutely no guns in this mm-hmm. gang. <laughs> like, there's just a gang with nobody has guns. <laughs> oh, there's, there's there the was one gun in the whole film, and it doesn't make well, there's two guns in the whole film, but only one gun gets shot, as far as I know. And it's mm-hmm. this weird ass, weird farmer in the field that shoots one of the. Yes. He's duck hunting. Yeah. One of the bikers that's flying in the air like a skeet. Yeah he's, yeah, he's duck hunting with like buckshot or something. And that's another great thing about this. There's like several jokes in this that are set up and then they call back. They pay off, you know, so there, there's a call back to earlier and, and then it pays off. You see that farmer earlier with the bike scene and, you know, he like a bike goes crashing into the bushes that he's hiding in and it scares the the fucking ducks and so he misses them and then later on near the finale of this one of the bikers gets launched into the air and then he pops up and shoots him with the buckshot and then because it's uh you know because it's it's actually kind of a kid's movie in, in, in a lot of ways you hear the biker go oh, i'm done like you know he's not dead he's just hurt <laughs> the, the, uh, you the can hear back. every biker oh my back oh that's it mm. oh god yeah. yeah, the commentary in the background, like just the the bad, just random dubs that come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, that made me laugh so much! Like just out of nowhere, you'd hear like, "Oh no, oh this hurt." Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, wait, come back. <laughs> uh, Bud Spencer does a lot, like in in the fight scenes, he does a lot of like grabbing people's arms and either like flipping them or hitting their arms. Oh, and, the, and the guy <laughs> always goes, "No, my arm! I need that arm." Like I've heard, I heard that line several times repeated yeah. in the film. Like it, it's just, it's fucking hilarious. Um, it was so ridiculous, and the 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 hot dog eating contest. I don't even understand that what contest that was. Uh, like, it's like eat a hot dog and drink a beer, and it's like to see who can do the most, and whoever does the most wins the buggy, and then also the the loser has to pay for the all the hot dogs and and, and the beer. So it would take a long this, time since they don't know how to pour a beer. No, you see, see the foam on the fucking. <laughs> Although it does change, like the deck when there's a cut, and then you come back, and like the, their beers are full, like and they have yeah. a proper head on them, right? That's but what I happened mean, in the car scene when the car is going through the building. There's a scene mm-hmm. where the window smashes, and then the window's perfectly fine. The rest of the car scene again. Yeah, yeah. Did those hot dogs look cooked to you guys? Because they look no. like raw wieners to me. They look raw. Yeah, they look delicious. Um, is what they look. I I don't know about that. I I I don't know if they do it like this. Was filmed I in... agree with the delicious. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, this was filmed in Spain. I don't know if they do their uh, hot dogs differently in Spain or not. There's a but... type of German hot dog called a Rojessa, and basically the way that it's it's one, it's not really all the way cooked, but it's still good. I've eaten many of them when I was in Germany. Okay. I put a lot of sausage in my mouth when I was in Germany. Yeah, I mean, wiener schnitzel. 
<laughs> yeah. But I thought it was just funny, though, because when they were doing the hot dog eating contest, it just looked like the one guy was like ahead and the other guy was just like eating. And are they, I know they're counting, but is there an end to this? Like, is it when, when they're until they're done? Like, yeah, he's, 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 he's remember, remember the rabbit and the, and the turtle or whatever and he's like you know yeah. slow and yeah, yeah. slow yeah, and steady wins the race one of them stops eating the other one can just keep eating because they're still able to eat mm. so but you never really saw the end of that and then the whole drinking the beer they saw all the beers that were drunk but they barely even touch their beers when they're eating the, the, the other hot dogs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing makes sense in this home like it, it's just i gotta say it looked a lot I've, more intense in the video game <laughs> it, it did uh <laughs> I should. Mention, I think both of you watched me play yeah. the video game that does that's based mostly on this film too. It is sort of based in general on their filmography, but a lot of the shit is actually pulled from this film for the Slaps and Beans video game that you can get on Steam, uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's just a beat 'em up game with uh, mini games in it, and there is the uh, the hot dog and beer sort of mini game, uh, which took me a while to figure out. <laughs> the master yeah. uh, you can uh, if, you, if you go to my youtube channel you can you can go back and look and you can find me frustrated trying to play that shit although i did beat and the I game you. yeah <laughs> i did beat the game but um i gotta i gotta mention bud spencer the thing i love about him is like i, I kind of feel like he's almost my spirit animal in a way because just 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 how dissatisfied he always looks about things like he's he, he just wants to be left alone and Terrence Hill keeps coming up into his life and he can never like really smile all that much. Like he's just usually just like, Oh fuck this again. Oh my God. Every time like a bunch of people surround him that are wanting to fight him. He just, he just like scratches his head and like sort of looks down like, Oh shit, this again. I like the fact that they, they showed the fact that he's tough and strong and stuff, but they never made him a badass. No, he's like, like he's so, he's so like him, him and, Terrence Hill are so laid back and casual, right? Like they're they're not looking to fight anybody, and they're not super violent people or anything like that. But they don't want to get in fights, but they just get forced into them, basically. And but it's it was more like Terrence is doing too. Like it was more Terrence encouraging Bud. Mm-hmm. So Bud was more the the passive, while Terrence is more like the aggressor. It's it's in Spencer's best interest to basically go along with what Terrence Hill is saying because. Uh, I'm going to get my dune buggy at the end of this. So I guess I have to go along with this. Although super fragile dune buggy. The, I was going to say the one thing that no one pointed out that makes no sense is why they're fighting over an incendiary death trap. Like, got t- casually touched and it's like, Oh, it gets to blow up now. And like, mm-hmm. I love the fact that everything for them, every dune buggy is like a Pinto touch it in the rear end and it explodes in fire. <laughs> and that's why it's like, are you sure you want this? Because I'd give this to like my 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 ex, my nemesis. Here, take this, and I throw a rock at it and explode. <laughs> but every time it explodes, no matter if they're both in it or one's in it, they're never they're never smoky or ashy or anything. They're just normal mm. sitting there. Sitting there. And that then then it kind of goes to a weird payoff at the end. It's not the payoff that I thought would be at the end, but it's definitely a payoff at the end. That I thought was pretty good. Overall, though, I think it's it's a pretty fun movie. Like I said before, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I I really love this. This is one of my favorites of this. I've seen a few of their films, a uh, couple of the spaghetti westerns they did, the Trinity films and stuff like that. But for me, so far, this is probably my favorite of the ones they've done. It's so goofy. It, it is, <laughs> but it, it's and it's so nonstop. Like it's just yeah. 
Yeah. And there's so many visual jokes. One of the best set pieces here is where they go to that gym. Actually, it's it's a whole fucking great sequence. So the gangster sends like his top henchman out to rough up Bud Spencer, Terrence Hill, like, you know, follow them out of out of our restaurant and fuck with them and basically make the make sure they never come back. So he ends up following them to a carnival. And they just beat the fuck out of like they they basically send them show them up right they they fuck them up at the bumper cars and then the gangster decides to stay at the carnival and like check out the attractions for some reason hooks up with oh, two he's chicks. got his ladies there too he got some yeah ladies, you know? the one like, he like, like makes fall off the fucking thing rope <laughs> to catch her and be like oh hey by the way. I almost got you injured, but I saved you. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's a that, yeah. That, that's a different. That's a different instance. Like, there's a little love story with Terrence Hill and Patty Shepard that sort of tacked on here. But, but yeah, like th- this gangster, he decides, oh, I'm just going to stay at the carnival. And so then the, it becomes this whole sequence of him bumping into Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill at the carnival. At this point, he's given up, right? He's not trying to show them up anymore or, or like intimidate mm-hmm. them. But they just keep fucking with him. Like, it, 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 like he tries to get some cokes out of a machine for the two girls he's hooked up with, and he can't get the machine to work. But Spencer Terrence just come over and like hit the machine, basically, and out comes all the cokes, out comes all the money in the machine, and then they just walk off. Then they have the fucking rocket thing that <laughs> show him up in, and then he finally, he Sorry. finally, yeah, and then he finally gets pissed off and he walks away, and they decide to follow him to this gym. So apparently he has a membership in this place or some shit, right? Because he comes out later and as in a, like a fucking kimono. I don't know anybody who dresses for a gym in a kimono. You've and... never seen Paul Ellering then. Unless it's like a, <laughs> a dojo or something. I guess. Because everyone in this gym is dressed like in 1920s fashions. Like they all look like 1920s circus strongmen, basically, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and, and then they. Like a, it almost seemed like a, like, a, like a trap, like a henchman gym. Like it's all that's mm. just all that. And, you know, if you walk in there and you're not one of those, you're going to get beat up. They did up say it was a trap. Yeah, they did yeah. say. Yeah, I will yeah. say though, Attila did have a little bit of a tough guy moment, which is pretty fucking crazy. It's at, at, the, at the beginning when he first came out, mm-hmm. they were driving by, and he was next to that gas, the gas pump, and he just oh, yeah. put the gas over there and lit through the fire and lit the whole car on fire. I was like, that was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that was pretty good. Even though we all driving. know, we all know that that cigarette would have not lit the gas. We all know that, but it's it's, no. it's pretty fucking badass. Yeah, you would you would have had to like rub that cigarette really hard again to get some like yeah, it was, that, that was a pretty badass scene and again it's one I, of those scenes that that probably wouldn't happen again yeah no. i was gonna say those stunt people were driving the car then fire <laughs> like it wasn't just mm-hmm. a let's put it this is like an actual car that's on fire that's being driven and then and, and, but at the same time the payoff is when they get into the car wash they're still just casual about it man this thing was really dirty yeah yeah, yeah. i like the fact that they rear-ended a car and there was nothing that was brought up out of that like person in front was just like oh whatever it got rear-ended it's cool <laughs> like, like no, no everybody's relaxy taxi excuse you know that kind of thing i did um, enjoy the dance scene mm-hmm. where they all trade partners so when they did the, ch- the guy the henchman did the shoulder tapping and they would just be like okay switch and they would like switch partners and i did enjoy when uh, bud went to go dance with the short girl and he went put his arms up i was like ah, that, that happens to me all the time yeah. <laughs> i was sad but had a had a sad face on that he got the cute short girl i'm like oh come on bud 
That's yeah. good. No, Bud is not in, in, interested in romance at all. He's only interested in the dune buggy, whereas Terrence Hill can be distracted by pretty women, basically. Ooh, look. Yeah. yeah, I work on cars. Yeah. yeah. And Have he you noticed the these type of movies, they find the people with, like, the most bluest freaking eyes. I knew you were going to bring I this up. I knew you were going to say that, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, here she goes, talking about eyes again. The, 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 fucking, the fucking hitman in this film has the grayest eyes I've ever seen in my life. I was convinced they were contacts, and then I looked up pictures of him. He's still alive today. Those are his eyes. He's gray as fuck. Like, it's yeah, just... and the other guy had like stupidly blue eyes, and the mm-hmm. other girl was like, "Just where do they get these people?" Like, I don't. I walk around all the time, and I just watch a bunch of movies, and I rarely see somebody with that vibrant of eyes unless they're contacts. Mm-hmm. And these are people who are just like, "By the way, guys, check out my eyes. Hire mm-hmm. me because I have these fucking gorgeous eyes." Yeah, the last big set piece in this is the balloon room fight, which Love is. It. Fucking, (laughs) it's fucking brilliant though. Like every time you hear a pop, every time you hear a balloon pop, it feels like ten more balloons suddenly appear in the room somehow because (laughs) there's just way too many fucking balloons in here. I will, I will say like because I was watching it and it's it's so simply simplistically written. I'm like logically and simplistically, no matter how crazy it gets. Mm-hmm. The guy said, yeah, I can't let you in big party. You know, I'll tell you what. No, I can't let you in. And I'm like, you got a car. And he went and then he got it. And he goes, you're going to do this. Yep. And then it went yeah. the, 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 the joys of small Italian motorcycle uh, motor, motor vehicles. You can get upstairs. Yeah. And everything. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was so funny to watch. Probably, even though I, there's a lot of great ones, something about that, just the badassery of that, was probably my favorite scene in the movie. They fuck up the entire party. They just drive around, and here's here's where I go. By the way, John Landis, you fucking hack. The Blues Brothers totally ripped this film off. Just I was about to bring up the Blues Brothers too. Their their relationship <laughs> together, where they're so nonchalant and cool. That's the Blues Brothers. Them driving through a fucking like enclosed space and fucking everything up. Blues Brothers did it too. The over exaggerated number of like cars in mm-hmm. the, at the beginning that reminded me of the Blues Brothers, and then like the balloons. There's so many balloons, and I don't know. I got that too because like the Blues Brothers was always any anytime something happened, it was always over exaggerated. Hmm. The balloons yeah. brothers. The balloons brothers. Balloons brothers. <laughs> but uh, but fucking the the brilliant thing about that balloon sequence too is they had so many balloons on the floor that they could c- cover all the crash pads that they had to throw the stuntmen on. So there's just all these scenes of people being thrown over guardrails and stuff like that into into the floor, and it's like they're you know they're falling on crash pads, but the balloons fucking cover them all. So it's and just like come out like ball from like a ball like a kid's ball pit ready to fight. And it's just like- <laughs> I hate balloons. That, that scene was just like making me anxious. It was fun uh, to watch. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Like I definitely enjoyed it, but I fucking hate balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, so many, so much good stuff in this film. From the just the simple jokes to like the visual jokes. Like there's there's several sequences in this film where uh, they're evading. You, you said the dance sequence, like they're basically evading the top henchman guy in the in, in the dance sequence by you know tapping on shoulders and twitching partners and stuff. And they they avoid Paganini in the uh, the the uh, singing choir sequence or whatever by you know moving around. 
in the choir and he keeps trying to get new angles on the, the shoot. And the, you know, there's all these like weird happenstances that are blocking him from taking a shot. And it's just fucking really good. Like physical comedy, visual comedy, really well done. That song and, was drive me crazy though. By the end. Did that song drive you crazy as much as this one? me for finding my buggy. That one too. <laughs> it's just so funny like every time there's a scene in that song played i'm like oh how creative <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the, the the whole score is done by the uh d'angelis brothers who did all kinds of shit but uh coincidentally i didn't actually we didn't actually do this film just because i'm actually doing a uh blood on the track series on them right now as well on the feed but uh, i mean i mean they they did a little bit of everything no no also known as oliver onions and they did dune buggy on this and they actually kind of used that that song in future films, the uh, podcast I just did, Mustachio Pocastio, that song pops up on the radio in a scene, just as part of the film. It just pops up. It's like a pop song that's playing in the background or whatever. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. But I mean, they did a little... Yeah, they 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 did a little bit of everything. Like they they did the uh, soundtrack to Torso, which uh, Paul would be familiar with. Love it. Oh, he muted out again. I love it. Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. But it's a really good. It's a really good score, and um, I love everything about this film. It's it's fucking brilliant. It was brilliant. so over the top, goofy, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I enjoyed it. Like I went in and I was, I, I didn't know what I was like, to expect. Uh, I wasn't expecting something so goofy, that's for sure. But I started mm-hmm. it, and I was like, oh my god, this is going to be one of those like badly acted movies or like over exaggerated anything. And then when it actually happened, I was like, okay, it's intentionally bad acting, and it is over exaggeration, but on purpose. And I mm-hmm. loved it. Like they just they had <laughs> no real storyline, mm-hmm. and <laughs> there wasn't as if it was there was a climax or something crazy to the story that was really intense, like the storyline. No, but the actual action? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, my pinnacle point of that, knowing that or realizing that, was like, oh my God, it's Donald Pleasance. Like, mm-hmm. this might be fucking serious shit. And then he went, <laughs> I'm not. oh, never mind. Never mind. It's, it's a joke. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so good. Donald, he can, he can do everything, I think. He's just so good at everything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I just actually just watched Night Hunter not too long ago with the big, with the big Black Panther. Oh yeah, him. yeah, that was really good too. But yeah, he can just do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just pops up in this, and it's just him and uh, John Sharp who plays the boss there. Whenever there's a scene with him together, they just kind of like walk away with the film themselves. You know, like you almost kind of want to film with those two also, mm-hmm. just just doing shit. And you can tell Donald Pleasant's having like just like the time of his life. He's he's probably getting paid fairly well. And he's just, you know, he's just getting to do whatever the fuck he wants, basically. Um, if, I'm, if I'm not wrong, there's a couple scenes where he's just sitting at a table eating a carrot like it's a piece of corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a carrot like a corn cob. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's just he's just being fucking crazy. Uh, it's great. It's, it's fucking amazing. This was a movie that a lot of people had fun doing because you mm-hmm. could catch like smiles on the actors' faces. Yeah. So... Yeah. So like I guess like obviously with the situations happening they're laughing but you can tell like it's not so serious like it is something that they were having fun doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it always feels like I don't I don't know if it's true or not but it, it feels like there was a lot of riffing going on in this film. They were probably coming up with ideas on the day kind of thing for as far as jokes and shit go like they probably had all their set pieces lined up but the stuff they don't did around it it feels like they were just kind of like casually filling it out like you know we'll 
make some jokes here about this and we'll call back to this, you know, maybe even the fucking, uh, well, no, that this was probably scripted. The, uh, the sort of callback joke of, uh, Bud Spencer not liking cigar smoke where every time he runs into someone with, with a cigar, he says, like, he starts to get a little irritated, but yeah, I think it's pretty much unanimous, uh, across the board here that uh, we all I like this one hated this what's absolutely, that absolutely hated this you could yeah. just tell <laughs> yeah. now about the ending did you think now this is just me i thought it was going to be the way they had it is where the story continues basically but mm. i thought it was going to be they have two buggies they're driving around like douchebags they hit both buggies, both buggies explode. They they sit there on the corner, and the guy's like, "Sorry about your car. Sorry about your car." And that's the end. Like that would have been a better ending. Nothing, you know. But they the way they ended it continues the friendship, kind of like jousting each other, I guess. But yeah, I always, it's like I hot dog eating contest. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I, I would have not been opposed to them doing <laughs> watch out we're mad too. They run into another gangster, you know, or or you know, they demand the like, you know, they 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 flip for the buggy, they're doing their their shit again, and then they run into another gangster who fucks with their buggy and it's like, nah, we gotta get another one from him. Yeah. And let's just do the let's do just do the whole film over again. We'll we'll come up with some new creative fucking fight scenes and stuff and just have fun. But mm-hmm. It would, you know, we we love the film and how goofy it is and all this stuff. It would be interesting to actually like do a deep dive and in, in, in under some of the unknown stuff about it and find like, yeah, sixty four uh, stuntmen were injured and killed during the. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun. Everyone had a good time. Everyone had yeah. a great time. You know, yeah. You know what? They died doing something they loved. Mm-hmm. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Lovely moment in history. No, it was mm. great. I, I actually I wanted the payoff of sorry about your car, sorry about your car, because that's how it kind of was at the beginning of the film. When it first, yeah, that you're you're right. Yeah. That that actually makes more sense as the ending. Like yeah. that's actually the better joke too, and it's also the better buddy comedy moment where they come together and they kind of realize, you know what, we're friends, and yeah. we actually give a shit about each other. You know, yeah. and that that works better as the buddy comedy like end moment. But I mean, you know. The, the ending is still pretty good as, as far as ending on a joke. But, yeah, it continues know. their rivalry, I guess. And the, that, and it's more of a, a camaraderie rivalry. It is. It really yeah. is. Exactly. I was so sad when Bud got kicked out of the choir. <laughs> it was so sad for him. He tried so hard, too. Yeah. Like, I like he was yelling it in people's ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right it. There, there was one lady there that was like right into it though. She was like, "Yeah, you keep fucking doing your thing there, bud." And then the rest of the people were horrified. And the guy <laughs> directing the the choir basically at one point in time just took out and just threw everything. Screw it. Yeah, it's fuck all- it. I like how the, all the spare uh, things, the sticks, the oh, the ones, the whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're actually called the technical term, but how I just kept breaking them when there was a new one there. <laughs> <laughs> The conductor's wand. Yeah. The, now, the, the conductor, his face. What was that? He was pale as fuck, wasn't he? Like <laughs> I was terrified. It was just it was the singing that made him sick. I will let us <laughs> before we end this, let me take this thing over and let's 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 go back a little bit and go back to the motorcycle area, the dirt bike area, because they're not motorcycles, they're dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. But did anyone else 
if you watch this in the movie world of whoever I'm talking to, or talking to Lee, Knight Riders. Did you get Knight Riders when watching that? With the jousting, definitely. The jousting. I'm like, I'm watching Knight Riders all of a sudden. What is going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they watch this and then come up with Knight Riders. I'm like, where's that Harris? Well, baby, then we should say George Romero, you fucking hack. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hack. Yeah. But I mean, so like it gets into the the jousting thing. But before that, they actually do a spoof on the good, the bad and the ugly or, you know, once a time, once upon. Uh, well, yeah, good, bad and the ugly and once upon a time, the West, because they have the like the spaghetti Western music uh, standoff and the music yeah. and the, the close ups on their eyes and stuff. So they do a brief little fucking spoof, which is pretty cool yeah too. yeah that's when you get to see those baby blues mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah but no that was a good moment for me too because i'm like oh my god i'm watching fucking night writers all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> you, you expect to you expect tom zavini to show up you know or something exactly shit. well that's yeah. a hell of a mustache he's probably gonna be on the mustachio podcast at some point in time he should be um I'll, yeah. I'll probably i'll probably hit up daniel and say well we should find some fucking uh, Tom Savini movie. Might as well do Knight Riders. Dark, Dark Craving, also known as Hot Heartstoppers. He had a an A plus mustache going. Mm. And it yeah. only has to be a cameo for the mustache of Picasso too. Like it, it could be a bit part if they have a mustache. That's the yeah. only I pretense he needs. Did Magnum ever do a, a film because he had a hell of a mustache? I don't think I don't think Magnum T A has ever done a film. But uh, I mean, since he's a ripoff of Tom Selleck, you can find a Tom Selleck, Selleck film. Yeah. yeah. Hell of a- mustache all right as far as release info for this this is actually a very hard film to come across as far as like getting a uh, physical copy of it's on youtube for free so best that's your best bet uh, and it looks good it's a really good print for youtube mm-hmm. um i think it's probably one of the uh, foreign prints because it is in widescreen on youtube too i think the only north american version of this is in uh 4.3 so it's uh, the tv aspect ratio uh, you can get this off Rare Lust. That's about it. Unless you have like a, you know, region f- free player, there's Blu-ray and DVD foreign releases of this one, which is a little unfortunate. The only North American release is just the uh, like chopped down 4-3 uh, aspect ratio one. But uh, eh. it's still a great film, no matter how you see it, really. Uh, it's, it's pretty goddamn good. So, Paul, where can people find you on the interwebs? Over there at PA Brew News on YouTube and Oil Paintings by Peter Maley on Facebook and also at Twitter as well. Maniacs Meet Podcast, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, PA Brew News, YouTube, the whole deal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, go, buy his, go buy his paintings. Someone did. I have to ship it to her. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. No, his paintings are really, really good. They um, are really good. <laughs> and uh, Lady Lee, uh, anything uh, you want to plug? Nothing today. You can find me here on this podcast with Lee <laughs> and Paul. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Woe is you, listener. Woe is you. Um, and if uh, you want to find more of our stuff, more of our podcasts, all of our side podcasts and all that bullshit, go to tmbdos.podbean.com. You'll find everything there. Uh, YouTube links, Facebook links, join the Facebook group, all that good stuff. Not sure what we're doing next. Uh, Daniel's going to be back pretty soon. Uh, he, he has uh, told me he's kind of done with his hiatus, so he wants to get back in the groove. 
Uh, we've been talking about doing a couple different uh, movies. So uh, when he gets back, I think we still have a few um, more Glinda Farrell movies or something like that that he uh, recently bought a DVD of and he's burning for us and all that shit. And we had some talks about uh, doing Michael Mann's Heat, which would be a big episode, a bunch of different guests and stuff on that. We have some other shit in the works. So we're sort of getting back in the groove here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. We we appreciate you guys continuing to uh, join in and listen to us every week. Um, we still have like our for years now, we've had our sort of like core, like 70 or 80 solid listeners. And then usually, you know, they usually show up like the first week and our episode gets those listens. And then we gain like another like. 30 over like the next couple weeks or whatever, you know, kind of thing for some of our episodes. So um, we do really appreciate you guys listening. It's pretty cool. And mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, thank you, Lee. Thank you, Paul. Uh, It was always fun. And uh, we'll be back when we're back. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. me for fun in my buggy.
listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. Thank you.